We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear, live with Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm here with Dan Moran, the senior pastor of Beth Emanuel Church, and uh, is involved with the Urban... Haven Project. Hi, Dan. How are you? Good. Thanks. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I um, Now, it sounds like I'm a senior pastor for church and the director of a, of a uh, paraministry, mm-hmm. but it never used to be like that. <laughs> so um, I was uh, very fortunate to be raised in a, in a, uh, in a, in a Christian home, um, large family, uh, rural family. So we, we lived out, outside Windsor, Ontario, in Tecumseh. And uh, my dad worked. I was I had one of the last stay-at-home moms, yes. so uh, by choice. But she needed to. We had five five siblings, and um, uh, life was life was good. Um, like I had a really good uh, like upbringing. Um, there was no alcohol, no smoking, none of that stuff, right? Mm. Uh, and um, so um, I think it was by the age of ten, I was old enough to remember the race riots in Detroit. And um, so um, that would have been back in the 60s. Did you say and race riots? The race riots. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So And, and so uh, uh, I watched all this stuff as it was unfolding, and it didn't make any sense to me when I, when I, when I saw the blacks and, and the whites and all, the, all this, this, this stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Even at that young age, it didn't make sense to me, right? And yes. So I think that had a lot of, uh, it formed a lot, started forming a lot of stuff in me, yes. right? And, and my, I had relatives that were involved in a lot of um, kind of ministry work and, okay. and doing stuff for the poor. And I had an aunt, a great aunt, that uh, would take me around to um, uh, Bible studies and, and, and prayer meetings and that, and that kind of stuff, right? Yep. Before that was even cool. And I would, yep. go, I would go along to these things, and, and I knew I had a call in my life, right, um, at a very young age. As I got, I probably got, getting into my teens, I really wanted to be a, a Roman Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is that uh, I like girls, <laughs> so <I'm> thinking, <laughs> yeah. I ain't getting close to a convent. <laughs> so, right. uh, so I, I kind of started questioning God, and, and and in my very, I guess, immaturity of 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 uh, of, of being a Christian, I, I I I didn't understand why why I had to make a decision. At the same time, that's going on. I had a lot of um, bullying and a lot of taunting and stuff at school because okay. I was so involved with church and stuff like that. 
that one uh, one time I decided, you know, well, I'll, I'll show these guys that can be just as bad as as they are. They and, were. They uh, were. Sorry, they were. Bullying you and teasing you because you had been going to church, church, reading the, the good Bible, boy kind of thing. It was a goody, yes. goody two shoes and that okay. kind of stuff, right? And yeah. and um, so I started hanging around with some other crowds. Yes, started drinking. Um, I didn't know you had to mix it. I would sit. I would sit and drink it. Yeah, two four in the in a cornfield, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, that that caused a lot of physical issues, as you can imagine. A few mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of that. Everybody went on, excepting for me, because I became an alcoholic. I was like 16 years old. Yes. And my parents had no idea. Uh, they, they thought I had the flu, right? And it wasn't until I had to see a doctor and stuff because I was bleeding and stuff. Uh, it was actually a stomach lining. It was burning wow. with the alcohol, yes. um, which I'm blessed. And when I, when I know th- what I know now, uh, I know that God still had his hand in that. Yeah. And, and the strangest thing about all that, I would still be involved with good stuff like the church and helping yeah. seniors and doing the community stuff but on the other side could care less about anybody else that was so selfish and mm-hmm. so drawn into as a typical addict is, is it was all about the drinks I was sneaking stuff into school I was selling yeah. it at school dances like stuff that I would never see myself doing right and so you had real you had two lives basically you had religion yes and then you had your your Struggles on your own, your own Absolutely. things you were dealing with. Right, okay. right. And the only, my only spirituality was when I was, when I knew enough that I was in trouble, uh, God was nothing more than a lifesaver for me. Right. So I'd yell out from the boat. Last you know, resort. I'm, yeah, I'm sinking here, right? Mm-hmm. And he would save me, right? Yes. And um, and as, so that was my Christianity, right? And, yeah. and it, uh, it, it got very much more complicated by the time I got my late teens into my 20s uh, when I he totally interrupted it and uh, I was I was clean in a matter of like no time. Wow! Got married very young, mm-hmm. had two children. I uh, was very involved in the church. It was like nothing ever happened, mm-hmm. right? And um, and as I as I went on, I think I got into my 30s and I and I and I and I, and I started to uh, experience some struggle with 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 work and just life mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I. Th- Think so. It'd have been about, it'd probably have been about mid thirties that um, that I end up getting a, a divorce. Okay. I was the first person, like in my family, that ever that ever did that. It was yes. a test case, right? And and uh, very shameful. It's still shamed about it to this day. But I, w- I was just wasn't mature. Like I was, I was when I look when honestly when I look back at it, I was just playing a game. Right. So I was just being something I had to be. If I had to be this for my parents, I had to be that for my boss. I could be the best I could be for those things, yes. But I wasn't really pleasing God. I wasn't being who God designed me to be. Yes. And that early call of my life, I wasn't really using it because I was filling it in with everything else, well, all okay. the stuff, the money, that kind of thing, right? And um, I went kind of, um, I went. It's funny how you blame God on everything that you screw up on, but I went into that pattern for a few years, and then uh, God knows enough when He has when He has enough. Right, and he grabbed me again, and um, and I ended up uh, being introduced to uh, my my now wife of twenty some odd years, and uh, the first thing she said to me is, "If, you're, if we're going to date, you have to go to church." Okay. And I said, "Well, you don't understand. I can't go back. Like I can never go back. I'm God's done with me." And she said, "Well, that's ridiculous, right?" Yes. And um, so I I came back, was mentored with a very a very good pastor, and. Um, uh, and it was a, maybe a few years 
into that that I that I ended up uh, getting involved with the Teen Challenge Ministry. Okay. And was with Teen Challenge for I think about six years. Uh, was started out the farm here in London, Ontario. Yes. And then moving to the East Coast, went to Newfoundland for a year to try to establish a, a ministry there. So you were working for Teen Challenge was, in Lambeth. In Lambeth. And then you transferred to start something new. Start something brand new yeah. in, on the island and. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really well thought of because you don't send a mainlander to the island. So, <laughs> so I was only there for a year, yeah. but uh, we I came back to uh, came back to uh, New Brunswick. Yes, and ended up establishing a uh, teen child center, which is there to this day in memory of Cook, just outside of Dieppe. Awesome. So it's a uh, old monastery, perfect perfect spot for for a teen challenge. Um, left about a year, maybe about a year or so later. And end up working uh, government contracts with troubled kids. Yes. And that's where God really, where I really saw that that design for marginalized guys that are in trouble and jail mm-hmm. and start. If somebody would come up to me and tell me somebody's coming out of jail, I get all excited. Like it was Christmas Eve, right? People go, yep. "You're weird, right?" And yep. but it, that's what God does that to mm-hmm. you, right? And uh, so I, I, um, I ended up. Doing some work, we had a project. It was called the Youth Build Project, and these are kids that are totally flunking out, that they're just going to throw out of school, and that's their life. And I could see it going into crime and nothing. Mm-hmm. We were able to interrupt that and turn it around, and and for them to graduate school and end up, you know, in, in jobs and stuff, right? So, awesome. so um, a, a different series of events happened, and and I got called back home. So we ended up coming back here, back to Ontario, to mm-hmm. London. And uh, I started off with uh, Arcade Street Mission, and I actually ran into it by accident because I got lost. The and Arcade Street Mission, yeah. yes. And um, things don't happen by accident, though. But uh, oh. and I uh, actually didn't, they didn't have any funding for me, so I worked there for free for almost six months. Yes. And uh, and then I raised my my wage and and uh, started working there. So I was there for maybe three years, and and, and I did a lot of street stuff, a lot of stuff they don't do. I started street stuff. So street stuff being, uh, you know, evangelism, uh, 12-step groups. I would do, like, mm-hmm. uh, the Overcomers program is the probably the fastest-growing um, street 12-step group in Canada. That's okay. when we started that. So, so, so the people you were working with, and you say street stuff, I'm assuming you're talking about addicts and, and uh, homelessness. And, Absolutely, um, yeah. All, all the, as you say, marginalized the, populations. The ones that the other... Christians don't want to look yes. at Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Yes, yes, and uh, so what, um, and it just really, um, really started to work on my heart that, that God wanted me into something more permanent mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to that and in a neighborhood to, to be where they're at. And this is how uh, I ended up going to Beth Emanuel Church mm-hmm. and starting the Urban Haven Project, okay. which has been five years now, and, and we reach out into the community uh, in a real tangible, it's a tangible gospel, right? Yes. We're, in a, we're fulfilling real tangible needs, but at the same time, they know we love Jesus. I know right? you were, uh, if, if you don't mind, I, think, I believe you were in the news over the last little bit about something you were doing with Ur- Urban Project, Ur- Urban, Urban Haven Project, yeah. yeah. And what was what was that all about? Uh, we've uh, we don't we don't really like being in the news. No. I just, but but you know what? Sometimes you have to be to so yes. people know you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time we had any media coverage was uh, we tried to put up two tents in the back of our church, and that was a huge deal. They were army tents or something. They were huge, yeah. brand yeah. new brand new army tents yep. winterized, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a big issue. And what and, were the tents for? Uh, for the homeless. Okay. So it was to, it was to get some of the homeless men off the streets in the winter. Right. Yes. And um, that see the uh, the city had other ideas about that. Yeah. And um, 
uh, whatever. You know what? It, uh, the public really came to uh, came on our side, and, and, mm-hmm. and they dropped it. Unfortunately, the insurance company also dropped us. Yes. <laughs> so, yep. so it took us nine insurance companies before we were able to get wow. insurance. Yes. Um, we got a wonderful insurance company that that support us at the level we do, and uh, but we still couldn't use the tents. Oh, okay. So we brought it in the church. Yep. And this indoors. Uh, an amazing program this year. Awesome. Amazing program. And so, so you're working with. Uh, is it men and women, or just no? Just men. Just men yes, at that point. Just men, and, and there was a specific criteria that the men had to want to move forward in their life. Right. We didn't want to deal with uh, major addictions or mental health, or I mean, we had to decide what we wanted to deal with and just right. stick to that one thing. Yes. And do that well. So you're looking at homeless people that needed yeah. a place to, to get warm, some food to eat, and some direction, but they wanted they had to show some sort of incentive, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, and, and the thing was is that. When I look back at my life and I look back at, at, at some of the opportunities I had or didn't have or whatever, and, and the fact that I screwed up and I screw yes. up all the time, you can ask my wife, and I, and I screw up all the time, but the fact that God still loves me and he can still use me, right? Amazing, if I, and, I, and, I, and he'll just teach you, right? Don't do it again, right? And move forward. Move. We used to tell the guys, fall forward. Yes. If, if you Forget about behind you. Just keep on falling forward, head in the, you know, that direction. And that... Uh, enables us because a lot of my crew have, have done time or or, have, mm-hmm. or haven't had the perfect life. Yes, and I like that because we mm-hmm. can relate better to people, right? Yes. and there's more of a forgiving spirit, right? And and um, and they think if God can do that in your life, yep. You know, I, when people always uh, tell me that uh, there's somebody that's coming to me that's beyond hope, then I said, well, then you don't know Paul, and I'll start just there. Paul. Look at the Apostle Paul. Like, the Apostle you know, like, Paul. Like, okay, you know, yeah. Look at him. Like, look at like. I mean, if that's a that's a, a an example of somebody God should have like roasted, and yet He used him in a mighty way to open probably the most churches in that. Probably in that, uh, in that uh, Dan. Probably a lot of people don't know who Paul is or anything about him. Can like can you explain that just a tiny bit? What you mean about well, that? Oh sure. So when when it was Saul, so he yeah. was Saul. Then then changed. Paul, yes. but this is a guy that that had that road to Damascus experience right. where he used to kill Christians and burn churches down, yeah. and he was he was out to yeah. stomp out Christianity. Pretty bad dude. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. God takes that and turns that into one of the biggest. I mean, most of the scriptures, the Book of Acts, and everything else, he wrote in, incarcerated. Yes. Right. Well, from prison. And here's a yeah. guy that you know. Here's a guy that uh, you would have thought yep. he's beyond help. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we tell that story to a lot of our folks that come and think I'm beyond help. Like, he doesn't want to see me because I was at that moment in my life where mm-hmm. I thought, I'm done. He doesn't want to see me anymore. Yes. That's ridiculous. You know, and, and uh, so uh, the the 20 men that we had this year, out of the 20 men, two went back to the streets. But the others all found places to live and third of them jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying any jobs. We have one that's a registered nurse that's gone back into nursing. Uh, we have another guy that was a, uh, a um, electrician, another guy that was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. So this, I knew that these guys were on the street because they've they've had something happen, right? right? To me, it doesn't matter what's happened to you, if it was your choice or whatever. It's the fact that you're there, and yep. it's my duty to help, really help, reach out to you, and you know, and, and show the love of Christ, absolutely, and get you back on the road. Awesome, you know. So I really love, and I love the crew we work with. We have, they have a loving heart, and. Um, it's um, how long have you been running there now with the year? We're in our fifth, we're going into our fifth year, fifth year, yeah, oh, fifth that's, year. That's awesome. We have um, to stop getting under the radar, we got to start yeah. going for funding. But, uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, as one of the funders said to us, they said, Man, you got a such a such a great ministry that does so much, 
And then you went, oh, yeah, we need money for that. <laughs> yes. We started backwards, right? Yeah. But uh, we've done uh, we've done all kinds of, like, any time, any type of need, we fulfilled the need. That's a real-time need because it's the only way we're going to we're gonna get into relationship with people. And the only way you can talk about Christ is you have to have a relationship. Yes. Because, uh, you know, so it's uh, with our, we're, we're at a very, mar- like, a very, uh, generationally marginalized neighborhood. It's been like that for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. There's some neighbors in there that have you know great life and great jobs, but there's a lot of them that don't. And, in a nutshell, yeah. if you could say one thing um, to the listeners today, um, to encourage them or to uh, maybe help them with trying to understand what's happening and what you're talking about, what we've been talking about, or maybe where they are in their life, is, uh, is there anything you'd like to say in... You know, in a short sentence. I could do that in a short sentence. Yeah. I think if you're uh, if you're listening and if you are a consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus and, and a Christian, you really have to search your heart and and understand. Am I is everything that I do for God? It's because it's not about religion and it's nothing it has nothing to do with us. Because if you're not, I was in that spot where I was serving God, I was doing all kinds of things for God, but I wasn't really, mm-hmm. right? So you really got to search your heart because we're coming into a time that um, you better know all the answers. Yes, <laughs> yep. It's yeah. a, it's a ne- We never know tomorrow what's happening in the world, no. the way things are going right now and with the pandemic and all the things that are happening and the social uprisings and yep. what yep. have you. Um, it, it's easy for one to get lost. And, and with a lot of things the way they are, with our youth today, and with a lot of people, they don't have to be young to be disenfranchised and confused and wondering, where's my hope for the future? What's going to happen next? So Christ is our source of hope. And I would assume you would agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that without Christ, I would have no hope right now. Same and with me. Uh, I think that's a good place to end this interview. I appreciate you coming. Thanks. Uh, we'll do an air handshake. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. God bless.
And now a few words from Alan Campbell about Refuge Ministries Canada. Refuge Ministries Canada started when I was invited to share my testimony from accepting the Lord at 19 in Millhaven Penitentiary to be interviewed on 100 Humphrey Street. As a result of this interview, I was invited by a local church in Spruce Grove, Alberta to share my testimony at the Edmonton Young Offender Detention Center where a 12-year-old boy whose role models were Jeffrey Dahmer and Charles Manson accepted the Lord. Leaving the youth jail that Tuesday night, I got on an airplane to fly back to London realizing that nothing was being done to support him, disciple him, and mentor him when he was released. That is how Refuge Ministries Canada started. I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. For more information about Youth Prison Ministry or to become a monthly supporter, visit www.refugeministriescanada.com. If you have been released or need addiction help, call us toll-free at 1-833-586-0523.